They said it was forbidden. They said it was dangerous. They were right. Introducing the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual. Dive into the arcane, into the hidden corners of the occult. This isn't just a comic. It's a hidden tome of supernatural power. All original artwork illustrating the groundbreaking research of Juan Ayala, one of the only living homunculologists of our time. Learn how to summon your own homunculus, an enigma wrapped in the fabric of reality itself, their power at your fingertips, their existence, your secret. Explore the mysteries of the Aristotelian, the spiritual, the Paracelsian, the Crowleyan homunculus, ancient knowledge lost to time, now unearthed in this forbidden tale. This comic book holds truths not meant for the light of day, knowledge that was buried, feared, and shunned. Are you ready to uncover the hidden, the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual, not for the faint of heart, available now from Paranoid American. Get your copy at tjojp.com or paranoidamerican.com today. podcast we have the very dynamic and well-known podcast host Juan Ayala from the Juan on Juan podcast. Juan has been delving into the study of conspiracy for quite some time and brings a proverbial toolbox of treasure to our conversation today. The evolution of podcast researchers has shown that people like Juan not only consistently philosophize with the best and brightest minds in the field, but he has become very well-versed in the symbols, secrets, and significance of the esoteric. Whether it's aliens, Bigfoot, UFOs, or the occult, Juan has continually stepped beyond the veil of belief to answer the difficult questions of our time. The evolution and lateralization of conspiracy theories becoming reality has shown us that preparing for new realities and existences begin in quest for understanding. We have our light bearer of esoteric questioning, a beacon of podcast magic, and a unifier of conspiratorial theories. Juan Ayala, welcome to the Hero Paranormal Podcast. Dude, what a hell of an intro, bro. That's the best intro I've ever had in my life. <laughs> Thanks, man. Well deserved, bro. Well deserved. I've been I've been listening to a lot of what you've got going on, man, and I'm loving it. And I, I couldn't think of anybody better to talk to about a lot of the weird things taking place recently. I mean, it's all over the map. We could start just about anywhere. How have you been? I've been doing all right, bro. I know it's been a minute since we were last, since we last talked. I know we've been here. And again, we always exchange a message or two about whatever is, uh, if I'm watching a new TV show on Skinwalker or whatever, I'll ask you a question like, hey, what's up with this or something? But I've been good, man. You know how it is that that dad life, busy, been hitting the books lately, been doing a lot of research and just really filling up my my mind palace with just weird trinkets and and little things here that I love to bring up on in conversations. 
Awesome, man. Yeah, I like that. It's it's getting weird. I'll tell you what. The uh, gosh, I've been I've been delving into NPCs and skull and bones and all these other strange things that seem to be taking place politically. Even though I try not to be political, it's just it's hard not to when the playbook seems like it's just you know just another page out of the same old book. I agree, and I think it all goes back. It's always connected to the occult, unfortunately, what, what these guys are doing and what these people are falling into, right? It's the, what Gustave Le Bon calls the, the, the parasite. And we can talk about that because this is one of the topics where I've, it's a topic where I haven't actually studied, but I've learned so much about the fabric of reality that you can use it and, and, and I can talk about it with bits and pieces of different things that I've talked about and that I know about. And it goes deep, bro. I mean, it, it really does the whole NPC thing. And yeah, absolutely. But it does get political. So if you're offended by that, I mean, I don't, I think they're both, nah. both sides are lizards. So it doesn't really matter to me. You know what I mean? But some people le- live, eat, breathe this type of stuff. And it's what do they call identity politics, right? When you identify with a certain party or a certain group, I mean, that's a cult at the end of the day, it's a cult. All right, it's nothing. It's nothing different than a cult. So, if, if people take offense to it or whatever, I think they're all lizards and they're all playing you. And it's one thing to know that you're in a game versus to know, to not know you're in a game. And that that I think is the the answer to this whole thing. Yeah, man. It it does seem a lot like a video game. And I mean, just recent stuff with the I don't know if it's CERN or what's going on, but facts that I was so sure of are no longer the facts I was so sure of. It, it's uh, where do we want to kick this off? Where, where do we want to uh, take this? So I wanted to start with it because the whole thing NPCs and I, you, you had hit me up. You want to talk about it. I think you might have listened to an episode where I mentioned it, where I, I forgot who I was. I think I was talking to Emily Moyer or somebody. I was talking to somebody and I brought up the idea that there are people who seem like empty vessels but what's really done it for me what really did it for me is just how we want to know about bigfoot we want to know about the skinwalker we want to know about all these cryptids but we can never get it on camera right we can never it's always it's elusive It, it always eludes us no matter what we do and given the social media platforms given technology given all these things as it expands We have more eyes on the ground. There are more trail cams in the woods nowadays than there have ever been since the the beginning of time, right? That's how it's going to continue to be that way. So at one point in time, you're going to catch something weird. I've had personal friends who have caught weird things on trail cams, okay? I've had friends that have caught weird individuals on trail cams and just weird looking things. If it is a glitch or a bug or something, who knows? Because that's the beauty of it, right? The, this enigmatic thing that pops up, you're like, wow, that's Bigfoot. Maybe, or maybe it was a deer walking on two legs. Who knows? Right? So what did it for me was I, I, I think I spoke to you about it where it was these videos on TikTok of, of all platforms, right? There are various videos about the skinwalker and sometimes it's like a creepy pasta type of thing sometimes it'll be up there uh, on tiktok late at night and you'll have this freaky video pop up and a lot of the ones that popped up was uh one in particular this girl was on a horse a girl or a guy was on a horse and you know animals have this sixth sense type of thing and the an- the horse was freaking out 
freaking out like, hey, I don't want to go there. And it was like creepy music. So I'm like, okay, that's kind of weird. Then they show this other one where it's a guy screaming, like, help me. Like, but the way that the mannerisms of the of the the guy are really weird. It's like, like, like an automata, like, help me. You know, like, hello, sir. You know, I'm a robot. That type of thing. And we know that the skinwalker does this type of thing. It, it can't emulate. There's something about, right, the uncanny valley, which with technology, when you see all these shows, like the, I always get the name wrong, the Love, Sex, and Robot show. I forget the, I forget the name. Love, Death, and Robot. Something like that on Netflix. Lizards. Yeah. It's all animated. But the animations, Ryan, are so realistic that I have to look to see what movement was off. What was off? What mannerism was off about that animation to tell my brain that, hey, that's an animation. That's not a real thing. That's how well technology has gotten. That's what Elon Musk talks about when he says that video games are going to be indistinguishable from reality. Here come 10, 15 more years. So when I'm watching these animations and they are spot on, it's taking me minutes to understand what is happening. Like, wait a minute, is this a, this is supposed to be a fully animated show? Why are they showing real footage? Oh, there it goes. That's, that, that was fake. Now, now I know it's an animation. I've conf- I have to confirm it for myself that it's an animation. And when we get to that point, that says a lot. Because that's why I talk about the occult, because I want to be able to understand it and to analyze it and to spot it when it's going on, right? Because these people, there are various forms where you can take it with this whole NPC thing. That's why I love it so much, because some people say you can transform into an NPC later on uh, by giving up your soul. You, you uh, Eventually, your soul dissolves, right? And they take it away from you by the indoctrination, by the foods that you eat by what you inject in your body, by all these things that we consume on a daily basis, eventually just become a hollow shell. So back to this TikTok thing where they're showing skinwalker videos. There's been a a few creepy ones of people screaming. And I know foxes sound like people screaming in in the night in the woods. I've been in the woods when there's owls around, bro. They sound like they're having a conversation. They're having a gibberish conversation, like like all this crazy stuff. One time I was in a blind with a buddy of mine. I'm like, dude, what in the heck is that? He's like, no, nah, dude, don't worry about it. It's just, just owls. Just owls? Are you sure it's not a skinwalker out there, bro? You know what I mean? Like we're in the Florida swamps. I'm sure there's got to be a skunk ape or something around here. So, you know, weird things. So these things can be faked, but the ones that really freak me out on the topic of NPCs is when people... They record other people and they're, again, their mannerisms are off. The way that they talk, the way that they converse, the the look in their eyes is off. And there is one in particular, and again, it can be regular people just being weirdos. Who knows? But there was one in particular was, was a black guy and it was two cops and the cops came up to him. And we know the whole thing going on nowadays, right? Not to get political, but we're going to get maybe a little political here and there. (laughs) they came up to him and he's asking, Hey, like, what's going on? What are you guys bothering me about? And they're like, no, you can, you can go about your day. He's like, dude, what are you, what are you guys like? You guys going to ask me something? Am I doing something wrong? Like, no, you can, you can go about your day. And they're just like standing around. Like, you know, again, the whole NPC thing comes, I'm a nerd. So I play MMORPGs. I play world of Warcraft, RF online, uh, whatever other first person shooters. I played various games throughout the year so uh, throughout my life so i am 
I understand the the universe, the the aspects of online role playing games. And an NPC is a non player character. For those that aren't familiar, or who've never played a video game, there's people who don't. You know, sometimes I I expect people to do the same things I do, but an NPC is a non-player character. It is a character in a game that is controlled by the system itself, by the algorithm itself, not controlled by the player. And usually these these quote-unquote players are there for texture. They're there to fill the void. And for the longest time, dude, I don't game anymore, but for the longest time, when I would play non-online games where it was just myself, like solo single player, and these NPCs, I'd feel lonely, bro, in this universe. In the universe of the game, I'd be playing it, and I feel so lonely. Like, running around because I know I'm the only person in there. Right? I'm the only person, in, and I'm interacting with robots, with synthetic humanoids, whatever you want to call them. So these NPCs are there for texture. They're there. They have generic dialogues. They only, they only do what they're programmed to do. And they only say what they're programmed to say. So in 2016, the meme, the NPC Wojak came to fruition. And the NPC, the Wojak, the original one from 2009 or 2006 is the, 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 I think the feels guy. So it's like an animated, it was made on Microsoft paint. It's like the round headed, uh, almost stoic-like face. It's a meme. If you see it, you know what I'm going to talk about. So Wojak yeah. meme. And they named this one the NPC Wojak. So it's like a, a spin on that. And don't get me started on memes. I think that's, I think they're sigils. I think it's magic, right? That I've heard of it uh, referred to mimetic occultism where they use propaganda to speak to people's souls. And this is how you get what Plato was talking about in the Republic where the arts... And sounds and frequencies talk to people's souls. So he wanted to stop that. He wanted to draw back on that and tone it down, have certain instruments that only played certain notes and certain frequencies because he understood that if these plays and these things inspired people, they would be more susceptible to breaking out of the system, right? Breaking out and rebelling against the authorities. And you have Plato who, with Plato's cave, right? The, the allegory of only understanding what's presented to you. And that is your reality. That is what you have the prisoners in the cave and they're seeing the shadows on the walls and they interpret that as reality. And this plays a role into the whole NPC thing because you can't have the NPC idea without having the simulation argument. Cause I think it, it plays one in one. Now, when I was seeing these videos of people acting weird for fun, you go, Hey, that's an NPC. It's a person with a blank stare, not a thought behind those eyes. They're just here to work. They're part of the system and that's it. Right. Mm -hmm. This, this Wojak meme got so popular that even Elon Musk had tweeted a copy, uh, uh, an iteration of the Wojak meme. You have Donald Trump tweeting an InfoWars contest of this thing as well. And it got so bad to the point where there were NPCs on Twitter and Twitter went on a banning spree in 2018. And even as 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 late as this year, there, there was a, a resurgence of this meme. So... It's almost like ceremonial magic. It comes in waves, right? 
It goes back around for a year or two and then comes right back in. Boom. And every time it comes back in, it's stronger and stronger and stronger. So this meme kept popping up and it's to, it represents, it's supposed to represent people who do not think for themselves or make their own decisions. And it's gone viral throughout the years as recent as 2020. And it led Twitter to go on a banning spree. Twitter, because people are being so triggered saying, how are you going to dehumanize a large extent of people? So when I say NPCs, when I say reptilian overlords, when I say a lot of things, uh, Ryan, I say it kiddingly, right? It's as a joke, as a joke, right? The reptilian overlords are trying to stop our podcast today with all the glitches and the audio. We're on, I don't even use Zoom. We're on Zoom right now. The other day, dude, I had... My mic stopped working. Wouldn't work the entire live stream. As soon as I jumped off the live stream, popped right back up. Like nothing had mm-hmm. ever happened. And I had done absolutely nothing. You couldn't hear me earlier. I sounded like I was underwater. But I sound fine to myself and I can record myself and all that stuff. So when I say reptilian overrose and when I say NPCs, I sometimes say it killing. But then this is why I say a lot of my research has led me to kind of confirm these things. So... The next thing is inner monologues. There was a study done where 75% of of this test group of college students didn't have an inner monologue. Now, an inner monologue, I have one. I haven't actually asked anybody that I know in my family. I probably have people in my family who don't have one. But this is another confirmation, quote unquote, of a person being an NPC. Uh, One of the telltale signs is... Their eyes, apparently, they look soulless. If you ever look at a picture of John D. Rockefeller, where he looks like a freaking synthetic humanoid with his face all stretched out, soulless, that guy either sold his soul or he was some type of huge and like a, a synthetic human. Now, this study that was done, they asked these college students and they found that up to 75% of people don't have an inner monologue. They don't narrate their ideas inside their head with their voice. That's weird, right? I thought everybody did that. I can't imagine not doing that. Some people only can think what they're saying out loud, what they audibly can hear with their ears. And that's some people's, that's the way some people operate. Now, this, have you ever heard of the bicameral mind? Yes. So I'm not an expert on it though. Neither am I. I'm not an expert in anything. I just read about a bunch of weird stuff. So we're getting into the nature of consciousness, right? Where we don't know what it is. And it's, oh, it always seems even in alchemy with the homunculus and all these different crazy ideas that, that one thing that either alchemists or scientists or whoever tries to reproduce some sort of life, they always are missing that one, that one thing, right? In the show, in the show, Full Metal Alchemist, it was a soul, right? They had all the ingredients that it took to make a human body, but they were missing that one thing, that divine spark, that one thing that makes you human, that we know is, hey, this is my fulfillment or whatever it is, that one weird thing. You can't put a name on it. You can't put an ingredient on it. You can't do anything. And that's the whole thing with consciousness. Whereas is consciousness that little voice in the back of your head or you know what is it we don't know that's the that's the whole thing we don't know so the bicameral mind is pretty much states that back then people's brains operated differently they operated pretty much how a schizophrenic person's brain would have worked where they interpreted the the voice in their head to their ancestors or 
the gods. So there was a voice in people's heads. Now, if it was actually theirs or not, and this is as recent as 3,000 years, and it was a, it was an idea that was presented in a book in 1976 by Julian Jaynes, The Origins of Consciousness in the Breakdown of the Bicameral Mind. Uh, he coined the term bicameral mentality, and essentially it states that as recent as 3,000 years, our ancestors experienced the world similar to how a schizophrenic person does. They had an inner monologue, which they attributed to being the gods or their ancestors. Now, we're not ever going to know how it was back then for these people. We can only speculate. Now, this is science. They've been studying the inner monologue since the 1930s. So when this, when this study came out, I believe it was in 2020, that some people didn't have an inner monologue, it sparked this resurgence of this NPC meme again on Twitter and all these, and 4chan and all these different places. And that was one of the things that they were using to talk about, to quote-unquote dehumanize a large population of the people. Because if in this test group, there was 70, up to 75% of people who didn't have an inner monologue, there's people out there walking around who aren't thinking about their thoughts as they walk around. They're only thinking about what they're saying as they're saying it. So I understand that some conspiracy theories are sort of self-destructive, disrespectful, untasteful, whatever you want to call them, right? Because they do quote-unquote dehumanize some people because we're literally talking about if somebody has some sort this might be a mental disorder right where people can't hear their inner monologue and we're saying that they're not human i completely understand that but this is what these people are saying so i relate the skinwalker into all this because um, i'm flipping through my notes here because uh, again they they act like NP, they could be some sort of npc right some emulation and one of the things that have you seen the the movie Free Guy yet? Yeah, absolutely. With Ryan Reynolds, where he is an NPC in that movie, and he eventually is able to quote unquote break out of the simulation, if you will, uh, break out of the the programming to be able to understand and become sentient. We know about the Matrix movies. We know that as of recently. Uh, they came out with the newest one, and there was, at the end of that movie, what was the whole thing? They activated this, the, the what do they call them, the blue pills. They activated the blue pills, and what were they doing? They were attacked. They, they become into these killers. They become into these, these uh, like a hive mind type of thing, like a swarm. They came out, and they started jumping out the windows and, and falling to their deaths and all this stuff, this crazy thing. It was like, well, those were the people in the simulation. Those were the people that the system hadn't gotten to, that that had gotten to. So if you and I are out of the system and we and we have inner monologues and we understand that you know our surroundings and we're quote unquote conscious, well, what's going to happen to the people who who aren't? In this movie, they died. They literally jumped to their deaths in this movie, The Matrix, the newest Matrix. And I relate this to, I don't know if you ever read, The Crowd by Gustave Le Bon where he is the father of crowd psychology. Now, this guy was a psychologist and a scholar, and he was writing about this in the 1800s. And he talks about how, when, well, we've seen it, right? This mass hysteria when people are in groups. It taps into a, uh, uh, Carl Jung also talked about it. It taps into this primitive aspect of the brain, and 
when people get together, a group becomes senti- uh, becomes a living organism. It becomes as smart as the, excuse my language, the dumbest person in the group. So <laughs> whatever the lowest intellectual level of what of that of any person in there that's as smart as the group will get now this is a scholar who's talking about this and writing about this you can check it out it's called the crowd gustav labani was he was french he's talking about this aspect of how people get together there are various triggers that can start groups a crowd a whole nation can be a crowd uh, certain movements can be crowds a group has to meet a certain criteria to become a crowd now what really strikes me into all this and to tie it all in with the simulation argument is that he, there was something that he called the, I might be getting around the, the parasite. I, I didn't write it down, but uh, it was this metaphysical supernatural thing that happens within crowds that takes over people, quote unquote. And this is, this is his words. This is, a, an unexplainable phenomenon that happens within crowds that sort of possesses people with a, a parasite. He calls it a parasite. And it makes me think of a virus in a, in a computer, in, in a computer, right? Because the whole thing, it's a very Pythagorean idea that all is number. Well, if all is number, then that would be, it would be all code. So essentially reality would be a simulation. It would be all numbers. The matrix wasn't far off. Saying that we are, and so you know, some people will say we're at the computer at CERN, or we're at the computer in, in the middle of of Saturn. You know, the reason that the hexagon is at the top of that is because the frequencies of cymatics, right? All this stuff. There's a wormhole, or all the, all these things. And if you look at the calculations of the possibilities of us being in a, in a simulation, that is not spec. I mean, let me see how I can word this. This is. It's not, I wouldn't consider it pseudoscience because it comes down to probability and possibilities, right? It's a different aspect. It's, it's mathematics, I guess, right? The, the, the probability of this happening is X. It's not a hundred percent, but it's always there. It's like, what's the thing that they say? The, the, the chances of you dying by name something dumb. It's like, well, it's really low, but it's never not a possibility. You know what I mean? Like it's always there. The, the chances of you tripping on on a Frito-Lay, right, are low, they're slim, but it's never zero. I'm trying to think of a meme, but I can't think of one right now. But when Elon Musk came out and stated that there was a, I believe he said 50% chance that we were in a simulation, there was an interesting thing that happened because Bank of America, we're talking about lizards now, Bank of America came out and put out an article and said we are 30 they confirmed that yes we there's a 30 to 50% chance that we're in a simulation bank of Damn. america came out and said that almost like a hey 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 everybody relax it's okay keep paying your lines of credit keep paying your credit cards keep borrowing from us so we can keep charging you interest there's a 30 30 to 50% chance all right bro all right but just just keep calm keep calm don't don't think about it it's cool. It's cool. You can look this up. Bank of America came out after Elon Musk had said it. They came out and they were like, hey, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, it's a 30 to 50% chance. So what does that tell you? Now, if a person is an NPC, the way I see it is 
there needs to be a a programmer for that person to be to exist, right? So that would hint at a higher power or a higher entity or a demiurge or something of that nature that is running the quote unquote simulation. And I relate big, this. Go ahead. Yeah, big time. You know, you know what I mean. So it, it would be like, hey, if everything is, if if it is all number, how Pythagoras was saying, then it would kind of hint at a type of binary code. Then it would hint at, well, who's programming that code? Are we self-creating that reality, or is there something or someone or some things behind that? Some sort of entity, gods with a with a little G or a god with a big G, the monad. What is it? You know what I mean? What like what is reality? What is consciousness? Is it intertwined? Who knows? We don't know. We don't understand these things. We don't understand the observer effect. So when it comes to René Descartes and Cartesian philosophy, where he talks about the body and the mind, body dualism, body and mind dualism, where he believed that the mind and the body were two different things. I mean, it's in the name. But the one thing that we know René Descartes for, what is it? Cogito ergo sum, right? I think, therefore, I am. Why did Descartes say this? Well, he said this because that's the only thing he knows to be true. He knows that himself he can think, so therefore I am true. Now, here's where it gets weird because we go in and we, we're moving into this platonic Gnostic worldview where the demiurge, Descartes talked about a evil demon that is controlling reality. He talked about how our senses can deceive us. When you are in a, I had a, I had a dream within a dream recently where I remember myself waking up. René Descartes talked about this demon that is controlling our ideas and our thoughts because our, our senses can be tricked. We know this, you know, we can smell things that aren't there. We can have auditory hallucinations. We can have visual hallucinations, whatever you name it. Our, our senses can be misled. So he talked about an evil demon that is at the forefront of this controlling everything that you're seeing. Now, this is where it gets weird, Ryan, because I, I am part of your unreality and you're part of my unreality. I can't confirm that you're thinking, you can't confirm that I'm thinking. So essentially, we're not real to each other. If, if, if the only thing that is real is my reality, I cannot confirm yours or anybody else's for that fact. Every time that we go to sleep and we wake up, we're hoping that we're in the same body and in the same timeline and in the same brain and all these things and everything is linear, right? And everything is continuing. But do we truly know it to be? No. The other day I had a waking, I had a, I guess they call it a waking dream, but I had a dream where I sat up on the side of my bed, bro. I sat, I remember sitting up, putting my legs down, normal everyday thing where I sit up, I'll take a, a second to collect myself, right? As you get older, everything starts aching. So I'm there <laughs> and dude, I wake up and I'm like, I'm still laying back. I'm still laying down. Yeah. And I look and I go, I was like, I could have swore I just got up though. It glitched out. Yeah. I, I was like, there's no way I just got up. I remember myself getting up. So I was literally having a dream about getting up in my dream. <laughs> so who knows if 
how the Aboriginal people talked about being in dream time, right? We are in this God's dream. What is H.P. Lovecraft talked about being in a in a was it uh, Nick Sugaroff's dream or something? One of, one of his mythos people, uh, as a author, somebody, somebody, somebody's dream. So, when it comes to this, you can't talk about the NPC without talking about the simulation. Now, let's take it a step further. We have the brain in a vat jar idea, where we are some brain in a vat jar, and there is a mad. Now, the evil demon and the demiurge is a mad scientist who is plugged in all these electrodes and these wires almost like what the matrix right they're all in these pods they're all homunculus that are grown for one purpose to harvest their energies their computational power or whatever it may be and we have that today with organized religion they're breeding their own groups of people to harvest energies they have the this religion has this group of people this pool of people to harvest energy from this other religion has this group of people to harvest energy from. They're harvesting. They're essentially, they're doing the same thing. And what does David Icke say? The worst type of prison is the one where you can't touch and feel the bars, but you're still in a prison. It's, still, it's mm-hmm. all the same thing. It's all how you perceive reality, how you perceive things. So this evil demon demiurge takes a different role. He's an evil scientist now who... We are just a brain in a vat jar. That sounds all right. That's, that's a possibility. Cool. We see that in Rick and Morty. We see that in different yeah. movies, right? We see we see this idea everywhere. And then one thing that confirmed the NPC theory that some people are here, and maybe perhaps anybody listening right now might be an NPC. Who knows? I mean, that's just a, the that's just the reality of things. You're not ever going to be able to confirm your existence, right? Because you can get into to confirmation biases and all this stuff like I am real. I am. I want to be a real boy, right? The whole Pinocchio thing. It's like, well, for as much as you say it, it's not going to come true. So the one, the nail in the coffin for me was, bro, Boltzmann's brain. That's what really was the nail in the coffin for me. Now, I do think that the occult is hidden nowadays under these unexplainable sciences quantum physics, quantum entanglement, anything that has quantum in the front, in front of it, quantum tunneling, all these things, that's magic. And the reason that they call it quantum is so it's out of the grasp of the layman's mind. Like, Oh, quantum. Oh, I can't quantum computing. I can't understand that. That's too, too far out there. So when they talk about thermodynamic equilibrium, Oh, what is that? Well, Boltzmann's brain is a thought experiment that states what what's on the forearms of Baphomet, bro? Was it coagulate and what dissolve and dissolve? Yeah. So coagulate and dissolve. Coagulate and dissolve. Keep that in mind. Now, according to Boltzmann's brain, this is a very particular guy. You can look this guy up, and I stumbled across this doing some philosophical research, uh, reading into philosophy and understanding uh, reality, essentially. It states that according to the way that matter and atoms interact, they are constantly in space, in the vacuum of space, right? If you want to believe in space, right? Because we can go there too. They are constantly coagulating and dissolving, right? And they're all moving 
and coming together and pulling apart, coming together and pulling apart. Now, cool. But this thing states, and there's a mathematical equation to it, and it's like 10 to the 50th power and then that to the 10th power, some crazy probability, but it's not zero. And what this theory or idea or thought experiment states is that according to the laws of equilibrium, uh, thermodynamic equilibrium in the vacuum of space, essentially you can have an entire brain form in the emptiness of space where every single cell, every single atom, every single neuron, every single blood vessel will come together and form a full human brain and be able to come up with one coherent thought for the smallest of a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a second and then immediately dissolve back into nothingness. Yeah, this is crazy because it brings to me, uh, it just seems like if this is a simulation, I've been looking at, you know, if you, if you want to call it the grand architect, or as you mentioned, there is some dynamic figure or figures that are in charge of this programming. And I've been looking at, you know, uh, coming back to Genesis 3.22, you know, the man has now become like one of us. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. If this is a simulation, that would be it. And, you know, I've been looking at the word EL, you know, like uh, I'm from Mesoamerican descent and I, I believe you're Hispanic as well. And L means him. And in the Hebrew Bible, L is a generic word for God that can be used for any God, including Moloch, Yahweh, you name it. So positive or negative. But it's really strange when you look at language and how L, E-L is involved with all the words, whether it be angel, um, elevate, elaborate, uh, you know, all of the angels also, their names seem to have E-L in it. Uh, you have the Elohim. I mean, the list goes on and on. It just literally blew my mind just looking at the language, which is also sort of like code, right? So if you were, as, as a player in this game, if you were to figure out the hack to this, what would be the consequences in your opinion? If <laughs> I Well, like any good virus, right? It gets booted from the system. It gets annihilated, which I think has happened even in our community, people who get to right. What, what's the whole myth if you fly too close to the sun and your wings mount. And mm -hmm. uh, once people, once you start, but it's looking at certain aspects of this game, right? Because I do think it's, it is a game and I wanted to wrap up on the Boltzmann brain because it, it, it goes deep dude. And I wanted to wrap up on it because there's people who talk about, uh, that there by the, the by the calculations, Boltman, Boltzmann's brains should vastly outnumber normal human brains. Uh, there are people who say that that reality is a Boltzmann brain, and this is all just that one last coherent thought that that one brain had before dissolving into nothingness. So uh, there are <laughs> there are people who talk about that they're trying to avoid. Uh, 
Boltzmann's brains, right? Because there are this guy says Brian Green, right? He's a, a theoretical physicist. I am confident that I am not a Boltzmann brain. However, we want our theories to similarly concur that we are not Boltzmann brains, but so far has proved surprisingly dif- difficult for them to do so. So they're having a hard time proving that they're not an NPC because there is no way of proving consciousness of me being able to prove to you that I actually am a real human being, whatever real is, right? (laughs) Whatever that is. So I think the consequences of breaking the code is how what happened with Neil, right? The one where he was attacked and essentially killed. He had to to martyr himself uh, from from the game to give himself up. Uh, and that's kind of dark when you look at it. And that's why I said some conspiracy theories are self-destructive and they do sort of, that's the whole thing where they can drive you insane thinking about it over and over and over again, where am, am I real? Is my entire family, is my entire existence a Boltzmann brain? Am, am I here mm-hmm. just as, you know, is this just that one last coherent thought, how they say when people have, uh, what is it near near death experiences when their senses are flooded and they have that that light at the end of the tunnel and they see everything happening all at once is that what this is but we're living through it what is time we don't know what that is so the idea of there being non-player characters people who either were born that way or were uh, willingly give up their soul their essence to the system to the matrix what does the guy say in the matrix ignorance is bliss you know i want to come back i want to have a nice car it's like i know the steak isn't real but damn sure it does taste good right and ignorance is but he takes a bite of this that's how a lot of people are bro a lot of people are living this life every day me dude i'm one of them too right like i'll have these these fights with depression every now and again where you're in that hamster wheel because when you have kids it stops being about you. It stops being mm-hmm. about just Ryan. No, it's about your entire family now where you have two kids. You have to watch over them, even if they are little NPCs, right? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but this is why I say that these are these these movies, these things that they back to Plato, these movies, they're cinema cinemagicians is what I've termed them because they're conjuring people's realities and they're making there are they are the shadows on the walls and some people just watched the shadows and when that guy that broke away and and ran out of the cave and was like hey guys there's another world out there they turned around and they were combative against him like dude you're crazy no there's no way that there's another world out there sit down and enjoy the show and you sit there you go you know what at the end of the day it's not my job to not wake people up who don't want to be woken up Right. I am here to have a good conversation, learn about interesting things and speculate. I mean, I think it's fun. It, it's it's a it's a good pastime, if you will. And I really enjoy it. So here we are talking about NPCs. And I think if you fly, fly too close to the sun, we'll get burned. I agree, man. And, you know, it reminds me of Nikola Tesla, who's considered like the father of radio. And uh, he he. When asked if he liked radio, he said, no, it's just too much of a distraction from his own thinking. And, it, you know, what you brought up about just being happy in the game, you know, with that steak or with that car or with that 
theoretical uh, improvisation that is oh so real in the moment, it makes you wonder, is that why the elites or the Lites um, are just so flooded with these material goodies that they are just distracting themselves from the reality? And it, it's, it's freaky because, you know, in speaking with people that, when you said people that drive themselves crazy um, with these types of things, it reminds me of a researcher I respected very much, which was Tracy Twyman, and it did seem to kind of get to her. And it's, you know, how is it possible that these people would be doing these things for these ends as a means to an end? And if this is the case, if they've hacked the system or if they realize that it isn't real, then are they really, you know, sacrificing somebody at some strange ritual? Or are they just unplugging that machine which is going to get rebooted again. And that is the argument that I've heard from a lot of like SRA survivors, such as Jay Parker and others. But I can see why people like Tracy and uh, I mean, there's, I've gone down the rabbit hole. I know how this chaos and madness can set in. But yeah, there, there, there has to be a point where your view is all encompassing and there has to be some form of reality or else, like you said, I mean, you fly too close to the sun, you get burned, right? It goes back to what Nietzsche talked about, where a nihilistic life means nothing. And and I think if once you strip everything away and you become an atheist or whatever, and I respect everybody's religious views, I think that's where it leads you, a, a meaningless life, which I think is what they want, right? That, that's essentially what they want. They want you to... Uh, to just be a cog in the system and just be a, a hamster just running away, you know, running away. And, and if they are essentially sacrificing these people, to them it's nothing. That's why they build up all this this wealth. And uh, what I've been getting into lately as far as my research uh, to bring all this together, I think one, one of the important things that, we're, that we are ignoring is the use of not only... You know, it can be a simulation and all these different things. But within that simulation, there are rules and there are programs that they're running all at the same time. And one of the things that I've been stumbling across is uh, how buildings are used as talismans, how architects are magicians, right? You're talking about the great architect of the universe, the great architect of reality. Well, back then there were architects who were pharaohs and magicians all at the same time. And they were literally the stylists that they used to make these drawings. They were demiurges of, Ficino talks about them being demiurges of these buildings and these temples. And within these temples, they would make them to certain principles, either Pythagorean or Chaldean or whatever you want to call them, to a certain numerical value and ratio value to where they would encapsulate a different level of reality within this building. Now, sarcophagus means corpse eater, right? Because etymology is a very, uh, it, I think it's at the root of a lot of the answers, right? The way that words are, because words are spells. When you spell, you're casting a spell. Now, this whole idea of these architects being magicians, what I've come to understand it is a sarcophagus back then, right? Meaning corpse eater, some certain sarcophagi, sarcophagi back then would consume the body that was in it after a certain amount of days. The only thing that would be left would be, would be the teeth. Now, 
I, I relate this to the temples as sarcophagus, right? Because we're meant, we're told to go uh, to these buildings, right? To work every single day. Well, what if they're not on a physical level, like a sarcophagus eating away at your body, but what if they're eating away at your soul, at what makes you a human being? What if that that's what they're doing with these buildings? Because again, it goes back to the line occulte, which is these occulted lines that the architect draws on his plans before the actual drawings of the actual building. We don't know how or what he put in there or what his intentions were. So it, it goes back to magic where the intentions of the architect are in, implemented in these buildings. And that can be any governmental building. There's a reason why the, the Pentagon is shaped like a freaking Pentagon, right? To, a, to the law of correspondence to evoke certain feelings. There's a reason why some buildings are the way that they are. And I think that it goes back down to that spiritual level. These cathedrals were literally warping people's realities real time. They were having visionary experiences and hallucinations within these cathedrals. And that's the way that they were able to capture that lower class that was uneducated, that was uninitiated into believing that there was a higher entity into believing that they, that they were in touch with something higher. So I'm going to believe I'm going to be a part of this system because of this experience that I had. Why go back to Descartes? I think therefore I am the senses can be tricked. So I wish I had answers for the people listening, but unfortunately I don't. But I always say if you study enough without getting too close to the sun, you will be able to identify certain factors. And I think one of the things that we ignore is the way that our homes are built. They are essentially buildings. And there's a reason why they're doing cookie cutter communities because back then Vitruvius even talked about a certain architect evoked certain energies, certain rooms were meant for certain things according to their ratios. And if built a certain way could either make you sick or make you feel a certain type of way. So back again to this idea that they are trying to keep us in this mental prison and it even goes down to the very homes and buildings that we are sitting in at this very moment. So I leave you with that, Ryan. I don't, I don't know what else to say, but it can get very dark. I wish there, there is hope at the end of the tunnel. If you, you can be like the one that broke away from the shadows and, and walked out of that cave. And unfortunately some people, it's not your job to wake them up. It's not your job to, to pull them out of the simulation because we know if, if, if you pull somebody out, they, they might, they might die. You know what I mean? Like, and not die in yeah. a physical sense, but maybe a spiritual type of thing or whatever it may be. Cause this is, this is, this reality is weird, bro. I don't, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> Man, I'm so glad that you brought up the homes and the architecture. Cause I had something happen recently that was very strange. I was speaking with someone and they mentioned that, um, it could seem very conspiratorial, but that the reason that all of these new homes have these wide open floor plans and they have uh, stopped using lead in paint, for example, is because of the technologies that are used for surveillance. They could not penetrate lead paint. <laughs> and the less walls that there are inside of a home, the easier it is to see what's going on inside the home at all times. And a lot of this sounds pretty crazy in the power of conspiracy, 
But recently, I've, I, my family talked me into upgrading to the new iPhone 13, the 5G, and I had my issues with that, but I did it. And I was up at Space Wolf Research at the base camp up there in uh, Utah, and I had a very strange thing happen where something knocked this phone out of my hand into the creek, into the river. It was gone. And I was without a phone for a week. Fast forward, I was feeling really sick. And to the point of like, literally, I had something that almost looked like monkeypox, man. It sounds super dumb, but I had some kind of like skin irritation. I lost my phone for a week. It went away. I was totally fine. And uh, while I waited for, you know, Apple, iCare, Apple Care, whatever it is, to send me a new one, now I'm a little bit more careful with the device. But um, something in my daughter's room that also kind of went down this kind of strange rabbit hole is she was having a lot of trouble sleeping. And I went outside and I listened to some podcasts and they said to check for these smart meters outside your home. And I live in a fairly new home. And sure enough, right outside of her bedroom is this smart meter right on the wall that she was, her bed was up against. So I just moved her bed to the opposite wall and dude sleeps like a baby now. So I don't know if these, you know, if it's just strange feedback that uh, I've preloaded into this, into my reality. But it does seem as if there is uh, architecture and technology merging in a way, especially with these communities that, you know, every home looks different. It's a different elevations and they have like, you know, paint schemes and you can't go outside of that with the HOA. But um, it, it's a very strange thing. And speaking of architecture, it reminds me of 9-11, whatever people think of that. And the, the numerology with that, I mean, there's nine ranks of angels in the spiritual hierarchy, nine choirs, and then you have, of course, L even, or, you know, even with God. And um, that disruption definitely seemed to have its function and change at least the skyline of New York. But uh, we'll have to get into the architecture, man, because that's, that's huge. I want to get into into that and uh, some some of the older architecture and um, what what your thoughts are of like where it came from and if people are just reusing it from from time to time. Architecture plays a very big role, and like I said, it's it's intertwined with magic. Uh, back then, architects were looked as were looked. Uh, they were attributed to being magicians because they have to plan for the future. So that's divination if you're trying to, to predict the future. Well, in, in 100 years from now, how is this building going to hold up? Were you trying to look into the future 100 years? Essentially, that's what you're trying to do. So they were looked at uh, having magical powers and all these different things. And I think that we have lost the meaning of these buildings. We have lost the meaning of architecture as, as in... As an occult art, I guess if, if you could put it that way, and it's more of a whole, it's more of a job now, right? It's like, oh well, efficiency, efficiency, efficiency. Well, let's create it this certain type of way. Why? Oh, just because. Well, why? Who says we have to do it? Well, it's more uh, efficient that way, sir. Is it though? Is it, or is there something further behind that? Like how you're saying, the the other night I had turned off my router because I was resetting it, and dude, I felt it go off. I felt it shut off. And it freaked me out because I was resetting. I was like, did I just feel that turn off? 
Because <laughs> you're so used to it all the time. Sure. Running in the background 24-7, no matter what. And when I pulled the plug to reset it, I felt this like white noise like just go dead. I'm like, wow, that's feels feels odd. So again, everything in our home is tied to this signal. It's tied to whatever, you know, this technology. And that's part of the transhumanist agenda, which we can get into that later. But I think that's where we're headed to where what these guys want to do with Neuralink and all these other things. That's where we're headed with the whole metaverse. And that's a, that's a conversation for another time because that's also yeah. a very deep rabbit hole. I can't thank you enough for coming on. And yeah, I'll have to have you back and we'll have to get into uh, more specifics on so much of this weird stuff taking place and kind of kind of go into the history of architecture and that. That sounds fascinating. Um, why don't you tell listeners where they can get more Juan on Juan podcast and uh, where they can get a hold of uh, all, all things Juan. You can find my social media. Most of my social media is at the Juan Juan podcast, Instagram being my main one, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, all that stuff. And you can find the podcast on any major platform uh, that you listen to your podcast in. I do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash the one one podcast, rockfin.com slash the one one podcast. And yeah, you can hit me up on there. And thanks again for having me on Ryan. It's always a great time when we get together and we have a lot of interesting things to talk about. And thank you again for having me on. Thanks, man. I'll, as soon as I get this up, I'll shoot you a link to it. And um, yeah, appreciate you again. Thank you, Ryan. All right. Take care, brother.